up, nerds? ESPN Plus, the ESPN app. You won't see a team play worse than my team played yesterday. The New York Jets' performance yesterday was an embarrassment. You, you hired somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop! Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. 98.9 The Game. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. I don't know if I trust any Chris that spells it with a K. And Eric Fry. Shut up. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the uh, starting lineup here on ESPN Radio 98.9, the game. What's happening out there? Good Friday to you out of there. A little chilly, but overall, not too bad after the weather we've had lately. Travis Sparks here hanging out with you. Hopefully, Eric Fry will be uh, joining me uh, very shortly here in the uh, show, traveling uh, back here to the uh, studios. And a good show uh, lined up for you, of course, on this uh, Friday. We got to take a look at some uh, local sports uh, that happened uh, from around the area last night. High school girls basketball getting in a full swing. And we'll also take a look at the uh, semifinals this weekend. And there's one semifinal in uh, football tonight. And we'll take a quick look at that, even though we only have one area-ish team still left. That would be Decatur St. Teresa. And uh, since we have only one one game. We only have one game to uh, pick, but we'll have others to pick. Of course, the Bears and the Colts and our high school pick them coming up later in the uh, podcast. And also uh, coming up, we still got more high school coaches to uh, get to as we're going to unleash several for you today. We got uh, Meet the Hearts uh, tonight for the uh, boys basketball team. So we got uh, Coach Obi Farmer from the FEM Hearts as the season begins on Monday uh, there. And, or that might be Tuesday, but definitely next week in the uh, St. Anthony Turkey Tournament. And also we got uh, Coach Beerman from the Newton Eagles and uh, Coach Radel from uh, the uh, Cumberland Pirates and uh, Coach Reeder from the Topolis Wooden Shoes. Wow, that's right. Four coaches for you coming out yet today because we still got more to come on Monday and we'll also talk some Illinois athletics as we got a game this evening of course what time do you think it is it's 8 30 late night and 7 30 approximately the pregame show start and they do have a game in front of us there in Vegas so who knows if that'll get done on time probably not but we'll have it for you out there in Vegas as a big one the first true test for Illini basketball coming up at this evening against UCLA. We'll examine the game as well as the game tomorrow for Illinois football. 11 a.m. kickoff there in Michigan and a 10 a.m. pregame start here on 98.9. And then we'll also get to some other national sports as well. The NFL, the NHL, NBA. We might hit up on those. We'll just have to we'll wait and see how much we get to here. And whatever we don't get to here on the Treasure Hour, we'll squeeze into the podcast. And you can find that podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast of course itunes spotify 
all those good uh, platforms. And, of course, the starting lineup would not be possible without a McMahon Meets, Tingley Insurance Agency, Wet Pools and Spas, Work Computer Repair, and a Tatopolis Seda Bank. We appreciate them uh, for coming along for the ride, and we appreciate all of you uh, coming on for the ride as well. All right, uh, so uh, we're just getting started here on the starting lineup, so we need to jump it off, and we need to kick it off with what we always do. First things first. Before we get into the show, First things first. It is my honor to present this year, 2022, NL MVP to my friend and brother in Christ, Paul Goshman. Congratulations, my brother. <laughs> So how about that moment uh, last night? Uh, pretty cool there on uh, the uh, MLB uh, network. And uh, that was the voice, of course, Albert Pujols announcing uh, this year's NL MVP. And it went to his teammate, Paul Goldschmidt from the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. So pretty cool passing of the torch, if you will, moment uh, there. And uh, not just uh, cool that Albert was the last uh, Cardinal to uh, win the MVP, but also they were teammates uh, this season. So uh, extra special uh, moment, of course, uh, that was uh, Goldschmidt celebrating with his uh, family uh, there last night as well his uh, two daughters and his wife and then that's the MVP that I want Goldschmidt gets announced MVP and then just hours later he's at the uh, Blues game uh, there in uh, St. Louis with a reverse retro uh, jersey on uh, so he's a uh, man amongst men uh, there for a Paul Goldschmidt show he was officially named the National League MVP uh, last night and he received 22 of the 30 first place votes and eight second place votes for 380 points from a Baseball Writers Association uh, panel that uh, voted Paul Goldschmidt the uh, National League MVP. Of course, he uh, beat out Manny Machado, who ended up being in uh, second place. He had 232 overall points and he had seven uh, first place votes while a Goldschmidt teammate, Nolan Arenado, finished in a, a distant third as he had one a first place vote. Actually, Machado had 291. It was Arenado who had a 232 uh, points uh, there. So uh, Arenado, uh, they spoke to him on MLB Network last night as well, and he uh, joked that he could have had more RBIs if Goldschmidt didn't uh, drive in all the runners above him. So, uh, man, Cardinals representation all over Major League Baseball's announcements of the NBA. VP uh, last night on uh, the MLB Network, and uh, that is uh, great to see. And I didn't realize that Goldschmidt, in his 12-year uh, career, that he was a uh, close. Uh, already in his career as he finished in the top six in the voting for the sixth time in his 12-year career. He's the fifth player to win his first career MVP at the age of 35 or older, which Goldschmidt is at 35, and he's the first player to do that since Dennis Eckersley in 1992. And for the season, of course, he led the NL in a slugging on-base percentage while uh, compiling uh, the highest on-base percentage plus. And uh, with his uh, teammate, Nolan Arenado, of course, he led the Cardinals to the uh, division title. But did that translate into any postseason success? No, it did not. But it didn't uh, translate in the American League either. But uh, I didn't realize, like I said, that he was uh, close for the first time in his uh, career. He was uh, already pretty close uh, a few other times in um, in his career here. As Let's see here. I was trying to pull it up as um, 
Um, I thought I had the statistics uh, here. What he was like second in like 2015. Oh, there it is. In 2013 and uh, 2015. And then uh, Goldschmidt finished in third place for the NL MVP in uh, 2017. And of course, he was in sixth place uh, last season. But hey, Paul Goldschmidt getting it done. Seven time All Star, four time Gold Glove winner, and now NL MVP for the 2022 baseball season as it was announced by Albert Pools last night on the Major League Baseball Network. So big congratulations there. Like I said, wished I would trade this MVP for at least an NLCS appearance or at least the World Series appearance. And I know Goldschmidt would trade the same thing as, of course, he won this MVP really for the work that he put in at the beginning of the season in September, he kind of fell off. And obviously in the postseason, uh, he did not get a hit. So, uh, hey, as long as you get the, the work done early, I guess that'll earn you an MVP trophy. So congratulations there to uh, Paul Goldschmidt, the first Cardinal since Albert Pujols to win the National League MVP. And uh, the other American League MVP was also announced last night. And uh, this one was, you know, back and forth. I mean, uh, Goldschmidt was probably uh, the big favorite to uh, land uh, the award. I thought Manny Machado might have an outside shot, shot at it. You know, Arenado obviously was uh, distant third in the voting, but uh, you know, there was not much debate between who was going to win there, but uh, there was a debate between who was going to win the AL MVP. It was either going to be Aaron Judge or uh, Shohei Otani, and it ended up going uh, to uh, Aaron Judge as uh, his historic season, as Wally will uh, mute that. And Aaron Judge, of course, hit his 62 home runs this season, and he beat out Otani and uh, the uh, Alvarez for the Astros. He's the first Yankee outfielder to win the award since Mickey Mantle. Back in 1962, Judge received 28 first-place votes and had 410 points. He beat out Shohei Otani by 130 points, as Otani only compiled 280 uh, points there. He was the only other player to receive a first-place votes with two. That's right, only two first-place votes for Shohei Otani. And I know that it's, uh, it's an individual award, but I have to think that some uh, consideration was uh, considered what the team's outcome of the season here with uh, the Yankees being uh, tops in the standings and the Angels being uh, way down there in the uh, West. I, individual award, but I think it had to be um, sort, sort of factor, even though Otani had a pretty historic season in his own right. Uh, the only thing that he didn't do was hit 62 home runs like Aaron Judge uh, did. And also, of course, uh, Judge was also in contention for the uh, Triple Crown as well. So he led the AL, of course, in home runs, RBIs, slugging percentage, on-base percentage, and a total bases. And he previously finished as a runner-up for the MVP in 2017. And that year, he was also the unanimous rookie of the year that season in the American League. And Judge caps off a historic season with the MVP trophy there. So it's kind of weird that the MVP, I was going to say MVP, uh, since 1962, but I think he was the first MVP for the Yankees since A-Rod uh, did it uh, <laughs> not as much time as since 1962, but uh, Mickey Mantle was the last outfielder to uh, do it uh, there for the uh, Bronx Bombers. And, hey, you know, we we see this. We saw it yesterday with Verlander uh, being announced as a Cy Young, and he's opted out of his contract. He wants big money. And a judge, of course, you know the story by now. It's talked about on all the national radio shows of him betting on himself. And, uh, how, I mean, 
how much better can it get? You bet on yourself, you slug 62 home runs, lead the American League in RBIs, and then you go and win the MVP. So no matter where he signs, whether it's back with the, the Yankees or another New York team there with the Mets, they seem to be in a contention as maybe the Giants are kind of falling out of the race down the, the front stretch uh, here. We'll just have to see whether they get back in it or not. But uh, And who knows? The Dodgers are always lurking back there as well. I haven't heard anything about them in a while, but um, Judge bet on himself, and uh, he wins the MVP for the American League. So congratulations to him, and congratulations to uh, Ball Goldschmidt for winning the National League MVP. So that pretty much does it for the awards for MLB. So uh, we can officially go ahead and uh, just uh, move on from Major League Baseball. These free agents can sign at any point in time right now and uh, just start cranking them out maybe this weekend. Uh, of course, we said that last weekend as well. Of course, uh, you can listen to our show back uh, last week. We predicted the uh, where these free agents are going to go. Of course, uh, Rizzo the other day signed back with the uh, uh, Yankees and uh, Judge's ball that he hit for 62 is going for like three million, sold for like three million dollars, or something like that. I saw on the ESPN headlines. So, uh, man, Judge is going to get paid in the offseason. Someone paid a pretty penny for that ball. So, uh, the MVPs are done and dusted with the Judge and Goldschmidt. We're just getting started here on the uh, starting lineup. Uh, when we uh, come back, we'll talk some uh, local sports, some local basketball that happened last night, including Altamont picking up their second victory of the season. And we'll talk about uh, football as well, uh, semifinals action coming up. And that's what's coming up here on the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. David Hill with the American Academy of Pediatrics. Pediatricians have heard all the questions. How big will I be when I grow up? They like unicorns. Why do we have to eat our vegetables? Why is poop smelly? If I get sick when my brother gets sick, why should I get a COVID shot? When will COVID go away? If you have questions about the COVID vaccine for your child, call your child's pediatrician today and schedule a time to talk. It's finally deer season and McMahon Meats is your deer processing headquarters. Shotgun or bow, however you go, we can help you get your meat on the table. At McMahon Meats, we keep all the meat separate so the deer meat you bring in is the deer meat you get back. We can customize your orders with several flavors of deer, sausage, Slim Jims, and jerky. Good luck to all the hunters this deer season. Call McMahon Meats at 217-813-6054 for all your processing needs. Find us on Facebook or www.mcmahonmeats.com. Located on Route 40 between Effingham and Teutopolis, McMahon Meats where quality and convenience meet tradition. Remember waking up Christmas morning? A beautiful Christmas tree, messy hair, and a ton of gifts waiting to be unwrapped. Well, unfortunately, many families in central Illinois cannot afford to purchase gifts for their children. However, Cromwell Media Group and FCAM is excited to partner with companies like Weber's Jewelry and Teutopolis, Jordan Mahan Country Financial in St. Elmo, John Boo's Factory Showroom and Outlet, Medi's Distinctive Lighting, and Heartland Landscaping in Effingham to help bring smiles to children's faces this Christmas. Stop by one of these locations and donate new or gently used toys. Toys donated will be distributed to local charities to make sure they're given to families in need. Stop by the following companies to donate a new toy now through December 2nd 
Weber's Jewelry in Teutopolis, Jordan Mahan Country Financial in St. Elmo, Medi's Distinctive Lighting, John Boots Factory Showroom and Outlet in Effingham, and Harlan Landscaping in Effingham to help make it a wonderful Christmas for families in need. Again, that is now through December 2nd. Will they find a home? Sponsored by Geico. Steve is intrigued by the paranormal. Otherworldly spirits really make a house a home, you know? Janice has different taste. I'd like my house to not be haunted. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle home and car insurance with Geico. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Steve and Janice found a renovated Victorian that's only haunted from 9 to 5. Okay, wife's home. Y'all gotta bounce. Bye, Steve. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. The Wendy's $3 breakfast deal is here. Get a bacon or sausage egg and Swiss croissant plus a small seasoned potatoes. That's a better breakfast for just three bucks in three easy steps. One, wake up. Two, get out of bed. And three, head to Wendy's for your $3 breakfast deal. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's $3 breakfast deal. Limited time only. Participate in U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Select or request $3 breakfast deal in order to obtain discount. Not valid for all card or combos orders. Price and participation may vary in Alaska and Hawaii. And now, Eric Fry, Sports Center update. Former Indianapolis Colts linebacker Gary Brackett, the owner of the Stacked Pickle Sports Bar chain, has filed for bankruptcy protection. In the filing, all 10 of uh, Brackett's Stacked Pickle locations in Indiana and Ohio were forced to close after the pandemic. Brackett played for the Colts for his entire pro career from 2003 to 2011. He helped the team win Super Bowl 41 against the Chicago Bears. The starting lineup. Welcome back in to the starting lineup. Starting off with the stacked pickle. The stacked pickle. How about yes. that? I've not been there. Have, and I can't. I, I can't go now. Have not heard of it. Yeah. I, mean, I guess well, we can't go now. Nope. You'll never find out about we'll it. You'll never know. On 98.9 The Game. Starting lineup here on a 98.9 at the game ESPN radio. Travis Sparks hanging out with you. Hopefully Eric will be joining me at some point later in the show and the podcast. Let's talk about some local sports from last night, some local basketball action. And let's start with the game that took place on our airwaves over on Jack FM. And it was Altamont picking up their second win in as many games, defeating Windsor Stewstraws in the first game of the National Trail Conference season, as well as Altamont picked up the win, ended up being by 20 as they won a 52-30 in this one. And the defense was really good in the first half as Altamont forced Widges two straws to 13 first-half turnovers, and that just kind of was the story of the night. And then defensively as well, uh, Widges two straws struggled to score there in the third quarter. They didn't put up any baskets there in uh, that uh, third period. And uh, I'm telling you, I said it on the broadcast with, with Dominic that it was just that side of the gym that Altamont was struggling in the first half, and then uh, Windsor struggled on that rim uh, as well, at least in the third quarter. They finally started getting it going in the fourth quarter. They ended up outscoring Altamont there in the fourth by three, uh, 14 to 11, to cut the deficit to uh, 20. But uh, Altamont, you know, this first game, you know, they uh, came back. They found a way to win. We said that the other day. And uh, this one... 
ah, man, you know, I can't really uh, place what's really happening uh, here in the first part of the season. And, you know, we talked to Coach Lurkins after the game, and uh, this was one of the things that she said. Well, Coach Guzzi said it best, and he said this, the atmosphere tonight has just been, it was a weird game, it was a weird atmosphere, it was quiet, it, it wasn't like we weren't hustling, I, there was just never a flow, um, and who knows why, but Despite that fact, we, you know, we came out in the third quarter, and I'm pretty sure we held them scoreless the third quarter. You know, we're not shooting the best right now, but you can't become a shooter in the first two weeks of practice. So that's something that we're going to work on and adjust to. We, we had people doing right things at, the, at right times. I thought we did a little better focusing on the rebounding aspect. We had some hustle plays. It's just, like I said, it just doesn't feel like us yet. But... You know, last year I felt like our first few games were us, and then we kind of went backwards. So yeah. we're just going to keep chipping away. And, you know, when we can, we can have games like these, and I don't even know what it ended up being, 20 points maybe there at the end, and we can be successful and know that there's still stuff that we're going to continue to improve on. That's, that's the direction that we're going to go. And we really uh, like that uh, analogy uh, there. And uh, that was just uh, perfectly said. Uh, it just doesn't look like the Lady Indians uh, from last season at times here in the first two games. So they got a little bit to uh, figure it out, obviously, the whole entire season uh, ahead of us. They just don't look like themselves uh, here in the very beginning. But uh, it says a lot about the team that they were still resilient of not looking their best or not looking the way they would want to start out a season and uh, still coming out with a 20-point win and uh, still being a 2-0, so much to improve on. And uh, ceiling is only up. And uh, Grace Nelson, uh, she did uh, struggle a little bit. She did leave some points out there. She missed some layups, and uh, she missed some uh, jump shots uh, that she was a little frustrated about missing. And I saw uh, the frustration really uh, set in, especially uh, the other night. She left some, some shots she probably thinks she should have made and the caliber player that she is. And then uh, Coach Lurkins uh, went over at one point and just talked to her and told her to be her and uh, not really force anything. And uh, then she made the for the two free throws after that little chat that uh, Coach Lurkins had uh, with her. But, you know, you see the stat sheet, 32 points, but uh, it could have been a lot more. And, uh, again, she's only going to settle in, and uh, she hasn't looked like herself either, even though she's ported 69 points here in the uh, first two games. But, again, it's only two games in, and uh, this team can only go up uh, from here. And uh, they are starting off big uh, win in the NTC, and uh, important to start off the uh, conference season with as many wins as possible and to start off the season with uh, the 1-0 record uh, there in the NTC. Uh, you know, Windsor's two straws, you know, Kinkler, she uh, was impressive, but, you know, you could tell, uh, you know, this is uh, still a lot of players from, from last year. Virtually the entire squad is back there for Windsor's two straws, but still a lot to, to work on uh, there, but, you know, who knows? They can uh, get it to, together uh, there. Kinkler did lead the way for the Hatchet. She had 13 uh, points. Uh, Peyton Osteen and Claire Bain, uh, they hit three-pointers early on. So did Nelson in the uh, first quarter to get them going. And Peyton had a couple of threes. Uh, she ended up with nine points. And Bain ended up with uh, six points uh, there. And uh, Grunlow got in the, the scoring column. And so did Lurkins. Lurkins with a putback uh, rebound, offensive rebound uh, to a uh, score her at two points and you know I can just say explain this to you or I can just uh, show you some highlights or let you listen to some highlights. Nelson and down low and they tip to get the ball eventually to pay notes he can't get it to fall but her follow through is good 
At first, you don't succeed. She tried again, and Payton's got nine, and it's 29-16 to 16 lead for Altamont. Nelson uh, the other way. Nice reverse layup for Grace Nelson, and she's got 21, 33-16. Gets it up to a Nelson. Nelson fires it over to Grunlow. Grunlow off the glass and in. For Brianna Grunlow, her first two points of the night, it's 35-16. She's wide open on that one. Yeah, nice pass by Nelson to find her. Up to Nelson, under a minute to go. Steps into a mid-range jumper. It's good. Nice shot there for Nelson. 23-0 for Nelson, and it's 37-16. I think they call the Mathis on the foul. Either way, Nelson, the other way, three-pointer is good. Three-pointer for Grace Nelson. That's 26, and it's 42-16. to and that was a part of the uh, third quarter run there with uh, Altamont outscoring a Windsor 14 to and nothing there in the uh, third period. So Altamont improves to 2 and 0 and they'll be off for a couple of days and at least game wise they'll be back in action on a Monday in the Bob Kearns tournament there in Newton and their first game up is with Flora. Of course that's with Altamont, Flora, Newton and Effingham participating in the uh, Bob Kearns this year and Talked a little bit about with uh, Coach Lurkins after the game. And, yes, the uh, Bob Kearns tournament will be one of the first tournaments around our area to implement the uh, shot clock as they're going to experiment with uh, that over there in Newton. Uh, Coach Lurkins doesn't think that it will affect them too much, and I don't really uh, think it will either. Um, but we'll just have to see an uh, interesting aspect of the high school game that we're going to all be uh, learning about and adjusting to there in Newton. So I am very interested to uh, see how uh, that uh, goes over there in Newton. And, of course, we'll have that coverage for you on Monday there with Altamont and Flora. So there's other action going on uh, last night from around the area. It was uh, County Eric Beecher City getting the win over Central A&M, a 58-53. As it was Gracie Hecker leading the way for CHBC. She poured in 22 points for the Bobcats. Uh, Wojcik, she had a 12 points. And uh, Mackenzie uh, Rodman had a 10 points. Rodman's been pretty good in the first two games for uh, CHBC. Uh, one of the newcomers that's kind of stepped up in the points department for them. So they can add to that. A third element uh, with uh, Heckert. Uh, she, uh, CHBC, uh, could be in for another great year. We just had Coach Bain on the show uh, the other day. Uh, Mount Carmel defeated uh, Carmine White County 53-43. Uh, Brownstown uh, St. Elmo defeated Litchfield 47-33. to uh, Baldridge led the way for BSC. She had 11. Seaball, uh, she had 9 for the uh, Bombers. Uh, Robinson uh, took down a Newton 42-27. It was Tri-County over a Centennial 58-17 to a 17 over there in that tournament. It was a St. Anthony over Sandoval 76-33. to a 33. It was Stacy Vonderheide leading the uh, Lady Dogs. 22 uh, points for uh, Stacy and uh, 14 points for Lucy Fearday. 12 for uh, Anna Faber and 11 uh, for Nancy Ruhal, the uh, freshman, getting in uh, double digits as well there for St. Anthony. It was Red Hill over Martinsville. 37-28. It was Tatopolis over Carterville. They're 44-30 in the Centralia Thanksgiving tournament. And it was Tatopolis being led by Emily Conkle. She had 18 points. Uh, Preps had 8 points. And Kaylee Niebergy, she had 7 uh, there. 
T-Town really took a stranglehold there in the uh, second quarter, outscoring uh, Carterville 13-205 there as uh, Carterville had single-digit quarters the whole way, and T-Town put up uh, 13 in the second and also 16 in the fourth to uh, finish that off. So Topless won the other night against Mount Vernon and now starting off the uh, Centralia uh, Thanksgiving uh, tournament with a, a dub there over Carterville. Flora also defeated uh, Fairfield 22-20 last night as well. I believe that Dietrich also uh, were, uh, got the win over uh, South Central. And uh, I believe uh, Cumberland also was in action last night as well. Uh, but uh, tonight we got a couple of games. Like I said, it's uh, Meet the Hearts there in uh, Effingham for the boys' side of things. Also, there will be some other uh, winter sports recognized tonight. But the girls are in action, and they're in action in Dietrich this evening for uh, their first game. We had Coach Schaefer on earlier in the week to talk about their season. And South Central is in action against North Clay in NTC uh, Tilt. And then on a Saturday in the Centralia Tournament, it's going to be uh, Totopolis in two games there. They got one against Centralia and one in Hi- or one against Highland as well. And, of course, uh, the Illini are on tonight. We'll talk about that game with UCLA coming up here in uh, just a little bit in Las Vegas. 7.30 is when coverage will begin right here on 98.9. The uh, game approximately to have uh, the other two that are participating in uh, that, what, Virginia and uh, Baylor ahead of Illinois UCLA. I'll take a look more about that matchup in depth uh, coming up here in just a little bit. And also uh, tomorrow, uh, Illinois football against uh, Michigan. Eh, just the number three team in the country. No problem there. This is a look-ahead game uh, for uh, Michigan, and especially what uh, happened to uh, Coach B uh, this week. Hey, big uh, big uh, thoughts and prayers uh, to uh, him as uh, his mother uh, just passed away uh, this week. So we're going to win it for Mrs. B uh, here in Michigan tomorrow. So uh, stay Stay tuned, and I may have just spoiled my pick there for a pick uh, there, but just tune in for that at 10 a.m. here on 98.9, and then 11 a.m. a kickoff there in the big house there, so that'll be exciting to see. And then, of course, uh, Illini will be in action no matter what on uh, Sunday. We don't know what time as of yet. It'll either be 1 o'clock or 3.30 between uh, the winner or a loser, depending on what Illinois does in the game uh, tonight against UCLA. Either way, we'll have coverage for you right here on 98.9, the uh, game. And then uh, the Colts will be in action as well over on a WCRA this week as well. Who do the Colts play uh, this week? Is it the uh, Eagles? It is the Eagles. So uh, that game uh, starts at noon. So 11 a.m. will be the pregame show over on a WCRA. All right, and really quickly, let's take a look at uh, some high school football. The semifinals are uh, this weekend, and uh, in uh, 1A, even though uh, no one around here is in it anymore, but uh, number one seed, uh, Colfax Ridgeview, uh, going to be taking on uh, Camp Point Central. It's the 1 versus 2, 12-0 versus 12-0, and this is going to be in Colfax at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. In the northern bracket, some interesting developments happening there as the number one seed, Alina Winslow, and the number two, 10 uh, Forreston will uh, square off as Lena Winslow uh, undefeated and this game is going to be tomorrow but due to poor field conditions I believe uh, I'm not sure where it was originally supposed to be at whether it was supposed to be at Lena or at Forreston but either way some poor field conditions have caused this game to be moved and this is going to be moved to Freeport at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon so uh, hey this time of year and up north they are getting uh, some more snow and whatnot and you know who knows 
Rose, so we're not used to playing in this kind of stuff in November probably. So poor field conditions are moving that game to a Freeport there, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And a 2A, this is where we have our one localish team still in it in the playoffs. In the semifinals, it's the Cater St. Teresa against the two seed at Johnson City there. It's number one versus number two, 12 0 versus 12 0. Can Johnson City give St. Teresa a game? I don't know, and I say give them a game. We'll wait and see what my pick em is coming up later in the program. But I don't know, St. T's going to be tough to beat. And it could be a showdown possibly with the Decatur area as in the north it's the number one seed, Moreau Forsyth, against the Downs Tri-Valley. And Downs Tri-Valley is the sixth seed. That's gonna game, the game's going to be in Moroa tomorrow. And uh, in a 3A, Tolona Unity is still going as they're the four seed. They'll be taking on Williamsville, both 11 and 1. This game's going to be in Williamsville tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Up in the northern portion of the bracket on 3A, it's uh, – Icy Catholic, the number four seed against Byron, the sixth seed of both teams there, 11 and 1. And this is going to be hosted by Icy Catholic at 3 o'clock. The 4A level, this game is actually tonight, but it's the final Leonard Bowl. This is the historic matchup that everyone in Rochester or everyone in Springfield really wanted. It's the four seed of Rochester against the two seed of Springfield, a Saker Hard Griffin. Coach Ken Leonard going to be retiring after this season, facing off against his son, uh, Derek Leonard, there in Rochester. So the final Leonard Bowl going to be happening this evening at 7 o'clock there in uh, Springfield. It's going to be hosted by Saker Hard Griffin. Up in the northern bracket, the 13th seed, New Linux. They actually upset the number one seed, Richmond Burton, last week. They'll take on the three seed, Wheaton St. Francis, there in Wheaton St. Francis tomorrow at 2 o'clock. And in 5A, the team that beat Muhammad last week, uh, the four seed, Morris, is taking on the three seed, Peoria, there in Peoria tomorrow at 2 o'clock. And then the northern bracket in 5A, Sycamore against LaGrange Park, Nazareth Academy there. And then the winners of these games will advance to Friday and a Saturday's action up there in Champaign to decide the state champions in all eight classes. So uh, we'll be uh, keeping our eye on that St. Teresa game, and we'll be picking that St. Teresa game coming up very shortly as well. All right, so that does it here for our local sports segment. We still got more local sports to talk about as it's Meet the Hearts tonight for the boys basketball team. And Coach Obi Farmer is going to be joining us here on the show to talk about this upcoming season. And so that's coming up next here on the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. Today's world moves fast. Technology moves even faster. So how do you keep up? Well, you adapt and move forward. Yes. So what do you do with your old technology? You know, the hardware that has all of your company's data? You adapt and move forward. Oh, um, I <laughs> hadn't thought of that. Are you ready to move forward and need to upgrade your computer? Call Worth Computer Repair. Martin has you covered. Martin has new and refurbished computers that can move you forward with the best technology. Call Worth Computer Repair today at 618-292-1002. It's finally deer season, and McMahon Meats is your deer processing headquarters. Shotgun or bow, however you go, we can help you get your meat on the table. At McMahon Meats, we keep all the meat separate, so the deer meat you bring in is the deer meat you get back. We can customize your orders with several flavors of deer, sausage, Slim Jims, and jerky. Good luck to all the hunters this deer season. Call McMahon Meats at 217-813-6054 for all your processing needs. Find us on Facebook or www.mcmahonmeats.com. Located on Route 40 between Effingham and Chitopolis. McMahon Meats, where quality and convenience meet tradition. The most fantastic, magical things can happen. 
And it all starts with a wish. Wise words from Jiminy Cricket. A wish is a magical thing, especially when it comes from the heart. Cromwell Media Group of Effingham and Culver's of Effingham continue to partner together for their Christmas wishes. Granting Christmas wishes this Christmas season for those in need of a little extra magic. Send your letters to P.O. Box 428 Effingham or drop off at the radio station at 405 South Banker, Suite 201 or at Culver's in the Christmas Wishes mailbox at 1510 Fayette Avenue in Effingham. Letters will be accepted now through December 2nd and will be granted in time for Christmas. Letters need to include details of the situation, your name, address, phone number, sizes, colors, and any other information we may need. Wishes are granted based on situation and need. We hope to grant as many as possible. If you know someone else's family is in need, feel free to submit a letter for them. Thank you for supporting Christmas Wishes. Dear Online Threats, after all the time we spent together, I'm finally ready to say goodbye. I have to admit, I was careless. At first, I thought maybe you were not so bad. Then, after you moved into my software, I believed I was too weak to stop you. I was wrong. I can do better. So you know what? I have NordVPN now. See you? Never. Everyone can boost their digital confidence with NordVPN. All it takes is one simple click. NordVPN will block online trackers, hide your virtual location, and secure your device from malware-infected files during downloads. It will also detect malicious websites. So catch the Black Friday deal for a one- or two-year plan at nordvpn.com and get three months for free. NordVPN. Cybersecurity built for every day. And now, Eric Price, Sports Center update. The Colts reportedly believe they could get wide receiver Paris Campbell back from injury before season's end. Campbell underwent foot surgery after catching a touchdown in the Week 6 win over the Titan, te- 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 Texans and has been working to return since. The starting lineup. Welcome back in to the starting lineup. Travis Sparks here, and that's Eric Fry stumbling and bumbling through the you Sports know, Center. Read what they, they need to get uh, similar teams that have the same name out of the same division. Titans, Titans, Texans? and Texans. Hmm. Both start with T's. Get them out of there. On ninety-eight nine, the game. Travis Sparks here to Sports Center update. The Blues avoided a late blown lead and prevailed over the Capitals 5 4 in a shootout last night. St. Louis win up a 3 0 in the first period with the goals from Braden Shin, Bushnevich, and Tori Krug. And Ryan O'Reilly also added a nice goal in the second period. It was a nice look it up. O'Reilly and Bushnevich found the back of the net in the shootout for the Blues. Fifth straight. They'll never lose again. St. Louis will return to the ice on a Saturday when they host the Ducks. The Bears are looking to snap their three-game losing streak against Atlanta on Sunday. The Bears are coming off a 31-30 collapse against the Lions in which they gave up 21 points in the fourth quarter. Justin Fields did rush for 147 yards to go with two touchdowns and set a Bears record for the longest touchdown run by a quarterback. The Bulls are hoping to snap their losing skid as well. Chicago hosts the Orlando Magic tonight at the United Center. The Bulls are coming off 14-point loss to the Pelicans and have dropped three games in a row. The Blackhawks are facing a major test as they hit the road as Chicago takes on the Bruins tomorrow in Boston. The Blackhawks come off a 5-2 loss to the Blues and have dropped four of their last six games. The Pacers visits the Rockets tonight and... Uh, 
We also have the Titans beating the Packers last night on Thursday Night Football 27-17. And winners seven of their last eight. And the game with the Bills and Browns is being moved to Detroit. Welcome back in to the starting lineup here on a 98-9 the game. Travis Sparks here. Eric Fry not over there. Travis Sparks hanging on the Sports Center reads today. I don't know. Giving myself a B minus there. Uh, yes, the Bills and Browns game is going to be moved to Detroit due to the uh, feet, not inches, but feet of snow that is going to be. We're going to be robbed of a snow game there with the Bills and Browns. But I guess for for safety reasons, I can get I can see why it's moved. But they're going to have to shut down a carnival there in Ford Field. I guess a carnival is going on in the friendly confines there of Ford Field. But move it out, and the Bills or Browns are moving in on a Sunday there to to the weather in Buffalo. All right, uh, so uh, like I've been saying, uh, meet the hearts for the uh, boys basketball team is tonight for Effingham. So I think it's no better time uh, to unleash Obi Farmer here joining us here on the uh, show. I caught up with him uh, yesterday, and we talked about uh, the upcoming uh, season as well as last year, how it went. So uh, here is Obi here on the starting lineup. Travis Sparks here on the uh, starting lineup with FEM head basketball coach Obi Farmer and uh, starting again a full swing with basketball. So how's it going for you today, coach? Going pretty well. And uh, how's been uh, practice been going so far? I know there's been a little bit more time in between uh, the seasons here than in years past. How's practice been going for you starting up basketball here? They're going pretty well. A lot of high energy, uh, a lot of toughness, and our kids are excited to be here. And they're working hard, and, and, and their improvement from the start to now is really evident. And uh, last year was a tough campaign uh, for the Hearts as uh, you finished a 10-22 and 22 overall record, 1-11 in the Apollo, and you lost in the opening round of the regionals to Olney, and your only Apollo win came against uh, Mount Zion uh, around the, the new year. So it was kind of a tough campaign there for you. I know there was some close games in there. That record's kind of deceiving uh, a little bit, but it was a tough sled in for, for the Hearts last year. Yeah, you know, we we were in most of our games, not if not all of our games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we just had some injuries last year that slowed us down a little bit, a different style of play. Um, you know, every time every time you get a new group of kids, uh, you got to adjust to to your personnel. And when you graduate a couple all state basketball players, mm-hmm. uh, your your style of play the following year is going to be a little bit different. So the kids were trying to get used to and getting adjusted to our um, different style of play and some different concepts. Um, but like you said, a lot of the our record was deceiving. Uh, we played some, a really tough schedule. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy up north who ranks strength of schedule and follows all of IHSA basketball. And we had uh, by the end of the season the number eight toughest schedule in 3A. Wow. Um, so you know we played some tough competition, and you know it's, they're better for it. Um, even in the regional when we played Olney, we we were ahead quite a bit, and they just mm-hmm. fought back and. You know, our strength of schedule, I think, really helped us um, in some of those games and, and taught our kids how to fight and, and, and how to have some toughness and uh, how to try to persevere in the face of some adversity. Right, and uh, as the season went along, you know, January was your uh, best month last year. Uh, five of those wins came during that span. You had wins over Newton, Dietrich, and a couple wins in the Salem tournament. So, you know, maybe you were a little bit inconsistent there at the start, but, you know, January was actually your, your best month last year, it seemed like. Yeah, we uh, you know, we, we played in some tournaments, and, and if you look at our tournament records, 
if we could just go by that, we're we're doing pretty good. We won right. two games in every tournament, and uh, you know when you come to regional time, if you can win two games in a tournament, and you win you win your regional tournament. So we were mm-hmm. hoping that we were going to be able to keep that trend, but it just didn't happen to happen go that way. But you know the kids showed up every night ready to fight, and um, at any night, you know so if if a team wasn't ready to play, you know we were going to take advantage of it. Um, and uh, you know we had, we had tough kids, and, and they played hard. Um, and you know, just ball didn't go in the hole sometimes, and mm. uh, teams score more points. And typically, if you don't score as many points as the other team, you don't come out ahead. You don't, no. you don't win a game. So they played hard. Um, you know, the score wasn't indicative to their heart and their, their effort. Um, we had some tough kids. They just we just didn't didn't hang enough points. Uh, yeah, it's a good way to look at it there. You're losing three or four seniors from uh, last year's squad. Uh, you are returning uh, Garrett Wolf, though, and others. Uh, so uh, how is this year's roster uh, shaping up? Well, we have five seniors um, in the program this year, and all five are going to be contributors. Uh, Garrett is one of them, uh, and, and hopefully he's going to have a little bit more productive year this year. He was playing on one leg last year after his bull right. riding incident. Uh, but he's back to about 100% running now. Uh, he, he didn't have that hop that he had last year slowing him down. Uh, you know, he can get away from defenders now, and he can cut mm-hmm. and pass and run. And and uh, so far in this year, he's been back to that old uh, Garrett Wolf style of play where he's, mm-hmm. he's taking advantage of some kids and, and he's being aggressive and he's doing things um, that he definitely couldn't have done last year. So we're looking forward to that. But we got four other guys uh, in that senior class. We got some big kids. We got very athletic kids. We've got great shooters. Uh, you know, we're we're a pretty well-rounded group. Uh, I was talking to our assistant coaches the other day, and you know, we've got I feel like we've got ten guys on the team that could score ten points any night. So it's hard to just stop one guy. Um, Said so we're pretty well-rounded, and and I'm excited to see what this group can do. And it's always uh, nice to have you have so many kids potentially uh, contributing uh, like that. And uh, you're starting off the season next week, of course, in the St. Anthony Turkey Tournament. Uh, first game is on a Tuesday, and it's a tough one out, as a Breeze Central always seems to be a really good. Uh, they're particularly a nice showing in that tournament. I believe they won it over T-Town uh, last year. And also you got a Robinson, and then, of course, on Friday, the rivalry game uh, with uh, St. Anthony. Uh, there, so uh, another year starting with uh, the turkey tournament and a tough opponent on night one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Breeze lost a few seniors last year, and they had a great team. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have they have a couple guys that played a lot of minutes uh, last year. Two of their starters back, um, so they have a solid core uh, from what they had last year. And and winning is a culture thing. So yeah, you know, those kids that are used to winning, um, that's what they expect, and they they come out and they play that way. Um, and Breeze Central is definitely a program that has that kind of culture. Uh, so I expect it to be a tough game, but not a game that, that we shouldn't expect to win. I mean, we right. we can definitely play with them, and, and uh, I think it's a game that we can mark on our calendars as a W if we come out and play the right way. And then Robinson, uh, the next night, uh, talked to Mac Thompson all the time, and he got himself a, a transfer from Chicago, a 6'6 kid that's pretty athletic. So I'm uh, looking to see how that kid's going to contribute to the team. Uh, and then St. Anthony is always a contest with us. Uh, regardless of um, our size or theirs or talent, either way, it's always a tough battle. Um, that crosstown rivalry can't be said enough about it. Right, yeah, it's always an awesome atmosphere uh, to be a part of there on uh, Friday. And then uh, after the uh, St. Anthony tournament there, uh, you take a, is that, you take a week off and you're in another shootout, or is there uh, another game in there? Is it Taylorville in there? or is that? Uh... Yeah, I think we play Taylorville. Uh, we go to their place 
on December 1st, I think. Uh-huh. We go we go up there to get our conference season started. Okay. Uh, so, you know, they're doing a lot of good things up there with some zone stuff, and they're always, they always have a lot of shooters. So mm-hmm. it'll be a good test. It's a lot different than what we're going to see in the – the turkey tournament mm-hmm. we have a lot of slashing and guys getting to the basket and, and uh aggressive teams and then and they sit back in that zone but they, they'll press you in it and, and then they'll slide back and, and make you force you into shots that you don't want to take um so it's a little bit of a change of pace and then we go and play muscuda and the marion shootout on that saturday okay yeah i i saw a couple of conflicting schedules there but uh then of course uh, later on in the season around the holidays you got the christmas classic uh, there with uh, you guys in Topolis hosting that uh and you know that's always seems to be a uh, stacked and then of course uh, later on in january you got the salem tournament and another uh stacked non-conference schedule uh, as well uh besides the apollo slate with topless mount vernon Alney. Uh, New- Newton, Dietrich, just to name a few teams uh, there on the schedule. And you mentioned last year is a tough schedule, and this year kind of mirrors that uh, as well, another tough uh, slate of non-conference games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we do a pretty pretty good job finding you know the toughest tournaments to play in, and our FHM T-Town Christmas Classic uh, does that as well. They try to find mm-hmm. the toughest teams they can that don't have a tournament and uh, try to slide them into our schedule. And then our non-conference is always – it's always pretty tough, and our and there's you can't say enough about uh, the Apollo Conference with Lincoln up there and Mount yeah. Zion and Muhammad, um, all going to be really tough teams this year. And uh, Charleston, Mattoon, and Taylorville always battle really hard. Um, so it's night in and night out. We're playing physical basketball, and if anybody doesn't show up, then uh, you can't count on winning. You got to show up every night and and uh, you know perform, or mm-hmm. else you know or else it's a loss. Right, and uh, how do you see the Apollo shaping up this year, and where do you see in uh, your hearts uh, fitting in there? Well, it's hard to tell. Um, you know, with the new group that we have, with with Garrett being the only returner, um, but we have a lot of talent, so it's hard to tell where we're going to slide in. But we have the Apollo is always tough. Oh yeah, you know, Lincoln's been at the top. You know, about every year, um, short of that year that we won. Um, so and you know what they're going to do, you know what their one-two-two press and and their five-out motion offense, um, they just do it really well, mm-hmm. and uh, so they're always tough. And Muhammad had 12 juniors last year, so you anticipate them having uh, all those guys back. Right. Uh, and they were already a tough team, mm-hmm. so that they're going to be that much uh, more difficult to play this year. Um, again, but not a task. I don't think we're up. We're that we're not up to. Uh, I sure. think we can play with them, um, and then. Mount Zion was starting three freshmen last year, and oh, wow. they uh, they have an eighth grade class had an eighth eighth grade class that are now freshmen um, that has a really talented group as well, and may have been even more talented than the freshman class last year. So they have a lot of young talent. Uh, they've got a six seven shooter back, and they've got a couple post players in that senior class. Uh, they have all the makings of a of a really good team. It's you know if they put it together, and if those young guys can play beyond their years, um, they can be tough as well. So, you know, those are, I think, the three toughest teams. Um, but with Charleston and Mattoon both have new coaches this year, you don't know what to expect. Right. So, you know, it could be anybody. Yeah, and uh, what are you expecting as the season as a whole? What are some of the goals? Of course, I know you're shooting for the uh, conference title. Uh, but uh, what are you hoping to, to see out of this year's FEM squad? Well, if we if we just take care of the ball and play hard on defense, uh, you have to be short-sighted. So you want to win every possession. If you win every possession, uh, then you'll win the game. You know, so we're, we just take it one game at a time. 
Um, right now, we're not looking at Robinson or St. Anthony. We're trying to focus on Breeze Central mm-hmm. um, after we get through them, and then we'll shift our sights to the Robinson game and so on and so forth. Um, but if we, you know, if we play the way we can play, it's it's not out of the question that we could have a really solid season, a really great record. Um, battle for that follow title is always a goal, mm-hmm. um, and then make try to make a run in a regional. You know, and and after you get to that point, it's pretty well just rolling the dice and seeing right. who you pick up and. Um, you know, anything's possible in the postseason. And yeah, and you got to get uh, get there uh, playing well uh, for sure. And uh, Coach Well, I'm going to let you go and let you go continuing uh, prepping uh, for practice there. And uh, we'll be looking out for the Hearts, seeing what they can uh, do uh, this season. Hopefully I can make it out to that uh, St. Anthony game on uh, Friday at the Turkey Tournament. I always enjoy uh, that one uh, for sure. So uh, good luck and uh, good luck for the season. And we'll talk to you down the road, okay? Sounds good. Thank you. Appreciate uh, Obi for hopping on uh, the uh, program. We got more local coaches coming up in uh, the uh, podcast. Coach Beerman from Newton, Coach Reeder from Totopolis, and uh, Coach Radel from the Cumberland Pirates on the way. But we're up against the clock, so uh, we will be talking in Illini Sports to uh, close out the show. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. You shouldn't let financial concerns spoil your retirement, and you shouldn't have to worry about what you'll leave for your family after you're gone. If you set up a tax-free inheritance for your loved ones with single premium whole life insurance, you can drop your worries and enjoy your retirement. Contact your local Pekin Insurance agent to request a single premium whole life quote. And in Effingham, call Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. It's finally deer season, and McMahon Meats is your deer processing headquarters. Shotgun or bow, however you go, we can help you get your meat on the table. At McMahon Meats, we keep all the meat separate, so the deer meat you bring in is the deer meat you get back. We can customize your orders with several flavors of deer, sausage, Slim Jims, and jerky. Good luck to all the hunters this deer season. Call McMahon Meats at 217-813-6054 for all your processing needs. Find us on Facebook or www.mcmahonmeats.com. Located on Route 40 between Effingham and Teutopolis, McMahon Meats for quality and convenience meat tradition. And now, this outpouring of love for Tom Brady is what we are beginning with today. Everyone showering this man with love and goatness. How about it? The starting lineup. Almost every single one of Brady's Super Bowls has been clouded with controversy, and that seems what people are forgetting. And let's not forget that so a couple Super Bowls were gifted to him. The tuck rule, the... You can't the blame him for the referee stuff. You can't blame referee. him, but he benefited from it. Okay, everyone gets a call. Every they once benefited a from it last night as well. Which which rule? Which which one of those penalties? Whenever the Chiefs are holding, that was so ticky tacky. Come on, so it's many a holding. Super Bowl. Let them play. On ninety-eight nine, the game. Starting lineup here on 98.9 at the game ESPN Radio. We're only here on ESPN Radio. We're just a, a smidge, a bit longer. Illinois versus UCLA tonight, the very first to true test out in Vegas tonight. Number 19 versus number 8 in the country. UCLA Bruins. And look who it is with two minutes to go in the program. 
Thanks for joining us here. It's Eric Fry. Hey. He's here in studio. I, live in the flesh. This would have been funnier if time change would have been yesterday, and I was just an hour late because of time change. But, I guess so. Uh, no. Glad to be here. <laughs> well, we'll hear more from you <laughs> in the pod uh, for sure. Uh, but currently right now, UCLA being uh, favored by four and a half points. I, I saw uh, this mm. morning for the matchup tonight out in Vegas. And I, I really do, besides my clear Illinois bias, I do think Illinois has a, a chance here. It's down to four. It looks like here on ESPN now, um, you know, because I think that UCLA is pretty guard dominated. Uh, they are 21 in the country right now for the first three games in three point percentage, 43.3 uh, percent from beyond the arc. Um, they got three shooters that, that can shoot it. That's Campbell, Singleton and uh, Jalen Clark. And I think that Illinois pretty much matches up with them defensively really well uh, there if they can stop that three-point shooting. I don't put a lot of stock in uh, the uh, really rankings where Illinois ranks defensively because uh, look who we played, Monmouth, EIU, Mm -hmm. and Kansas City. The biggest one is EIU uh, there. But I like what we have on the field, the formula on the court for uh, Illinois defensively. And uh, we'll see what they can do if they can stop that three-point shooting if they can play defense like we think that in line i can they have a chance tonight they do have a chance travis my concern is are you going to take away so much worried defensively about ucla that you can't score on the offensive side we saw in the last game they got into some foul trouble with some of their starters Mm -hmm. that has me a little concerned Right, uh, and I am concerned with, with the offense. Can we score enough points to uh, beat the uh, Bruins? Uh, where's our scoring going to come from if they uh, shut down Terrence Shannon Jr. or if he's just not hidden from from the field in this game? And uh, we'll look to see if uh, danger can be a factor as well. And I don't think they have anyone down low that can deal with him and deal with his size. So we'll see what they throw out there with uh, danger. And, of course, game tonight, 8.30 this evening, a late night there in Vegas. 7.30 will be the pregame show here on 98.9. And, of course, the game before that is Virginia and Baylor, number 16 of Virginia, number 5 Baylor. Of course, Virginia had their game the other night uh, canceled, but they're still going to participate here in the main event out there in Vegas. Currently, Baylor favored by 4.5 over Virginia. And depending on the outcome, no matter what, Illinois will have a game on a Sunday, and it'll either be the winner-loser, depending on what Illinois does, of Virginia and a Baylor. Winners will take on the winners, and the losers will take on the losers there in the main event in Las Vegas. Viva yep. Las Vegas. It'll be one thirty or 3 o'clock, depending mm-hmm. on if Illinois wins or loses. Yep, either way, we'll have coverage for you yes, we here will. on a 98.9. So I'm interested to see what the line I do for the first the real test of the season against the uh, Bruins uh, tonight. I'll definitely be uh, watching that, and we'll talk more about the uh, football game Tomorrow afternoon here on uh, 98.9 as well, the big game with Michigan at the uh, big house there. So uh, we'll talk about that more in the pod as well as our other local coaches going to be uh, joining us. And we'll also do our high school pick as well and we'll talk more national sports there as well. All coming up in the pod. Catch us there in... Coming up next here on ESPN Radio is a Bart and Han. So enjoy that and make sure you stay tuned for more Illini basketball later on tonight and uh, Sunday here on 98.9 and football as well. So we're out. We're here in the uh, pod. Catch us there. And uh, if not, have a great weekend, everybody. 
Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Back in to the uh, starting lineup. Welcome to overtime of the uh, starting lineup here on the podcast. Travis Sparks and Eric Fry is here, and he's going to be here longer than two minutes. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> At least let's get through a pick em, Yes. Uh, first before yes. Uh, before we get you out of here. I can here. give you that. <laughs> okay. And we're also going to get to some other area coaches. we got Coach Beerman from the New Eagles, Coach Radel from the Cumberland Pirates, and Coach Reader from the Topolis uh, Shoes. Uh, they're caught up with all of them recently to talk about the upcoming season with basketball and boys basketball tipping off next week yeah. with a lot of uh, Thanksgiving tournaments. Uh, there, so we still got more coming at you on uh, Monday, hopefully. Yep. There, maybe even Tuesday. Maybe. maybe it may be after the start of the season before we get to all the coaches ah. we've reached out to, but that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. People want to know about um, these teams, and we also got a pick 'em, and we're going to be talking Illinois football and college football and the NFL as well. All coming up here in the uh, pod. But first, before we get any to any of that. Clean up some things that I didn't get to on uh, Sports Center that I wanted to hit hit on uh, some local college basketball that I didn't get to uh, from last night. Uh, Leola they uh, crushed Tulsa eighty five to a sixty six. Uh, Illinois State lost to a Northwestern State seventy to sixty seven. And Northern Illinois fell to a Georgia Tech sixty eight to a fifty. And then of course number uh, nineteen. Illinois against uh, UCLA this evening. Mm-hmm. And uh, Notre Dame takes on Lipsicum tonight, and uh, Chicago State visits Kent State tomorrow afternoon. Uh, the Fritz Pollard Alliance, an organization whose mission is to uh, champion diversity in the NFL, wants to take a closer look at the Colts' hiring of interim head coach Jeff Saturday. The organization released a statement Thursday reading in light of the recent interim head coaching hire in Indianapolis. The FPA has initiated an inquiry with the NFL into whether the hiring process conformed with the NFL hiring guidelines for naming an interim head coach. A league spokesman told ESPN that interim head coach appointments are not subject to the Rooney rule. The Colts will host the Eagles on a Sunday over on a WCRA. Tune in there. The Titans beat the uh, Packers uh, last night. Uh, Titans winners of seven of their last eight. They're one of the hottest teams in uh, the uh, NFL. Ryan Tannehill, 22 of 27, 333 yards last night, two touchdowns and a pick. And Derrick Henry, he can do it all too, 87 yards on the ground, and he also threw a jump pass uh, there as well for a touchdown. Uh, Titans are now 7-3. and three. And then afterwards, the offensive coordinator goes against a DUI. So. For Tennessee? Yep. Uh, Celebrate a little too hard. I didn't know that. A little too hard. Yeah, I saw that on ESPN this morning. Uh, Aaron Rodgers threw for 227 yards and two uh, touchdowns. Green Bay's now four and a seven in the pack. Lost six of the last seven. So Titans going one way and the Packers going the opposite. At least they beat the Cowboys, right? It's true. Everyone was celebrating the return of Aaron Rodgers last week. Now, just a couple days later, ah. Get Jordan Love in here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then uh, Dominic actually mission, mentioned this to me uh, last night, but uh, the Eagles, 
they're adding uh, Dominican Sue mm-hmm. on a one-year deal. And the 35-year-old player for previously played for the Bucks last season. He had a six sacks, five-time Pro Bowler, has 70 career sacks, and the addition comes off the heels of Linval Joseph signing earlier in the week. So Eagles trying to uh, anchor that defensive line yeah. within Dominic Sure, that defense. Yeah, so there is a sports center. All right. That's all I had uh, for uh, that. And uh, coming up uh, tomorrow in uh, College of Football, we got Illinois and uh, Michigan in the big house. We Illinois, of course, last two games, played ourselves out of a good game. Here we're at an 11 a.m. kickoff and a 10 a.m. pregame over on a 98.9. Michigan uh, currently, I don't know what you locked it in at for our pick but currently on ESPN, and they have 17 and a half. Yep, that's what we got. Okay, so, um, you know, it's all about can Illinois, this defense, one of the toughest tests uh, so far, and, of course, not been playing well uh, as of late. And yep. Michigan's also got an outstanding running game. Uh, Crum, he has uh, 1,300 yards, 17 touchdowns. Of course, uh, Chase Brown, uh, 1,400 yards already, uh, and he looks good to go. I believe, for the uh, game on Saturday. So, oh, Illinois, I don't know. Can they do it? Can they pull it off? Can they pull off the Wolverines, beat yeah. the Wolverines? Like you said, Travis, that defense has not looked good the past two weeks against nope. not tough opponents. How are they going to do against a tough opponent? Nope, but, you know, they will be uh, playing in Aspired. They're going to win this for Coach B. Why is that? He lost his mother earlier this week. Oh. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it for Mrs. B. Hmm. We're going to do it. Just watch. It's a look-ahead game before for the Wolverines. They got Ohio State next week. They're not even thinking about Illinois. We're going to come into the big house and shock the world. And then and then what are you going to do, Michigan? You going to go and ba- you going to have basketball season to look forward to? Nope. You just got spanked by Arizona State. I'm just glad that this football game is in between two Illinois basketball games. <laughs> what a Illini weekend. You got Illinois winning against UCLA tonight, and you got uh, Illinois pulling off the upset against Michigan uh, tomorrow, and uh, Illinois beating Baylor on Sunday. What an Illini weekend. There's your top three right there. Or it could be an awful Illini weekend. Mm-hmm. It could be. It can't be any worse than the last two weekends. I'll just say Are that. Are you saying 56-3 to wouldn't be awful? Nah, because we're not supposed to win this. We were supposed to win the previous two. This is the argument, and we'll always have this argument, Travis, in a game like this. If we're going to lose, I'd rather lose 53-3. to I'd rather get our butts kicked as opposed to being in it and losing it at the end. Yeah. Because we're not supposed to win it. Yeah. If it was a game we were supposed to win, then I'd much rather we were close throughout. We're not supposed to win this game, so I don't want to be in it through three and a half quarters, nah. and then at the very end, drop it because then we can all go. Boy, we could have won it. <laughs> could have. Boy, won we could have won it. Should have won it. <laughs> we should have won it, and we yeah. didn't. I'd much rather go. Wow, we were down twenty-eight to three after one quarter. All right, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, we'll we'll always have that argument. I mean, I'd rather be in it uh, myself. So it hurts more. It does. It does, but I don't want it to hurt anymore. 
I don't think it can hurt any worse than the last two weeks. I'm telling you, last week was a bummer. If you're telling me, Travis, that Illinois comes out here on Saturday and lose with a touchdown as time expires to oh, yeah, lose, I'd rather have that. you'd rather have that? That one doesn't hurt as much? Well, as much, but it hurts. But I'd rather have that. Knowing that we were right Don't there. Don't get my hopes up. Right there against Michigan. Maybe they can slide down a little bit. Don't get my hopes up and then just dash them at the end. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. But this probably give me no is, hope from the beginning. That's probably not who Illinois is. We're, we're back to who we always were. Like I said, basketball season started. Yeah. The fans so. quit caring. The students quit caring. So. Yeah. Hey, even uh, the other night or the other day, I saw the women's team were off to a 3-0 and start yeah. in basketball. They had a huge crowd yeah. there as well. So uh, awesome to see. Unfortunately, they, they went Travis, over 100. It doesn't matter what Illinois football does. Illinois is a basketball school, and it right. will be for the foreseeable future. And the yeah. only way that the football program can stop that from happening is to go undefeated. Yeah. And even then, I don't think I don't know yeah, if it would help. No, probably not. <laughs> You'd have to go undefeated for like three years, and then people would be like, "All right, yeah, we have a football program we're proud of." Yep. But until that point, it's like uh, football is kind of something we do during the months of August, September, and the beginning of October. Mm-hmm. Then basketball starts, and we all worry about that. Yep. And it's sad. Exactly. Yep. But that's the way it goes. Football team has no one to blame with themselves. Oh, yeah, for sure. You win these last two games, we're having a different discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, totally different. Even Illini Nation had those cards out, Travis. They were putting in what the code on the back is. They had the expiration date all entered into Indianapolis for hotel rooms and for tickets, and you dashed it. Mm-hmm. You pulled it away. Yep. Kind of like Ticketmaster and Taylor Swift tickets. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. <laughs> Can't get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought some wrestling tickets were hot commodities, but I, it pales in comparison yeah. to a Taylor Swift That's concert. That's right, broke Ticketmaster. <laughs> hey, you can deal with what we've dealt with in the past with Ticketmaster. Yes. So. <laughs> so welcome, welcome to our world. That's right. <laughs> so uh, let's take a look at uh, some other things that happened in the uh, college football world uh, this weekend. As uh, we got a Tulane already uh, with a victory last night over SMU. Uh, other games in the top 25, we got a number four uh, uh, TCU uh, there in uh, Baylor. So we'll see what happens in Waco. Of course, no room for error. TCU loses their yep. thumb. Uh, the SEC, uh, they have got some cupcake games here late yeah. in the season. As uh, number eight, Alabama, they're taking on Austin P. Uh, we also have uh, number one Georgia against Kentucky. Kentucky, man, not what they were six and four now. And uh, number they're one back to Georgia. being a basketball school. Yeah, it's basketball season for them yep. as well. Yep. Uh, Twenty-two and a half point favorites are the Bulldogs. Uh, number two Ohio State. They visit uh, Maryland. Uh, number nine Clemson. They're taking on the Hurricanes of Miami. Number eleven Penn State is at Rutgers. We have number five Tennessee. Uh, Possibly upset South Carolina. Favored by 22 points on the Volunteers. Yeah. Probably not going to happen, but it is a road game for for that aspect. Uh, it's Bedlam this week. It's Oklahoma State against Oklahoma. For the final time? Close to the final Possibly. time? One of the Question final mark. times. Yeah. At number 22, Oklahoma. And Oklahoma, 5-5 five and five this season. 
Ouch. Yeah. Two and five. Two and five in the Big Twelve. Yeah, not good. Um, and then this one's going to be uh, the uh, good one in the uh, Pac-12 as it's number seven UCLA there. Number 16 at UCLA. You can't even say it's a road game because it's basically a yes. uh, quote-unquote neutral site uh, game. But it's going to be in the Rose Bowl uh, there. It's the home of UCLA, but, uh, you know, USC is going to bring a crowd oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there not too far away uh, from them. So USC's and outside playoff chances so will have to beat the Bruins here. Watch the officiating in this game, Travis, because you know the Pac-12 commissioners are going, please, USC, you have to win. <laughs> You can't yeah. stumble because you're our, our final only, hope. Our final hope. Kind of like a, from Star Wars. Yes. Help us, USC. You're our only hope. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, number uh, six, LSU, is uh, hosting a UNAB. And then uh, late night doesn't mean as much as it did last week, but it's Utah versus Oregon. Uh, they're 10 versus 12 in uh, that matchup. Uh, so like we mentioned, the Titans, they beat the Packers last night. Uh, we have the uh, Bears in action on uh, Sunday. They're against the uh, Falcons. Uh, important game for the uh, Falcons trying to stay alive. You know, they're four and six, but they still have uh, the division in, in reach uh, there. Uh, Browns and Bills, like I mentioned in the Sports Center earlier, this game's moved to Detroit due to the snow in Buffalo. Can, can, we, can I talk about that? Because I didn't get to share my two cents on that thing. What's that? That is so stupid. Why? Because it's football, Travis. You're not supposed to play in feet of snow. This is not about the game itself. It's about the fans getting to the game. It's Buffalo. They it's state deal of emergency. with snow every day. Nah, this was. I mean, I would love to have seen, but this is the for Bills public are gonna safety. The Bills are going to play in Detroit for two straight weeks. Ah, hey, next how about week that? they play the Lions. Ah, there we go. No, you play I mean, football in the snow. Not in like five yes. feet of snow. It's not going to be five feet. What? I don't care what they're right? calling for. You play. It's supposed to snow four inches an hour or something like that. It tells me, Travis, that they're trying their best. As I've mentioned before, what is the league driven by? It's driven by the offense. What is the most popular offense right now? What does everyone care about? Passing game. The passing game can't do well in the snow, so therefore... We're going to get all domed stadiums soon, or all warm weather stadiums. Get ready. It is happening, people. If Buffalo can't play in the snow, then who can? This is for public safety. Come on. You can't have these people out there. And these are the same snow. people who jumped through flaming tables, Travis. They would travel in the snow. They would. That's the that's the part that they want to avoid. They don't want people to travel in it. Buffalo would. These fans would do that. So instead, they're having all the fans travel to Detroit. Yeah. Oh, that's smart. I mean, they're going to travel four times as far. Uh, destroy somebody else's city. Maybe they can improve it a little bit there mm -hmm. in Detroit. Can't get any worse. I mean, you're more likely to get an accident traveling that far as you would just in Buffalo. Maybe. There's but probably public transportation get... you could take. There's not... Uh... There's not even public transportation probably even running in Buffalo right now. It's less chance of dying You're and freezing to death. Tough enough, Buffalo. Come on. Tough enough. It's only three feet of snow. Tough it's enough. Buffalo. Get you get lake effect snow every other day in the winter. Mm, man. Chicago deals with three feet every other weekend. No. Yes. Not three feet. <laughs> That's crazy. 
the Eagles are in the Indy to take on the Colts, currently favored of Philly, uh, seven points in this one. Uh, Jets against the Pats. Uh, Rams are in New Orleans to take on the Saints. Lions in the uh, Giants. Panthers, Ravens. You got the Commanders against the Texans. Broncos hosting the Raiders. Oof. Two and seven versus three and six. Yeah, that's a good one. That's right. Cowboys of Vikings. That's a good one. Uh, they're in Minnesota. Uh, Bengals and uh, Steelers. Chiefs and Chargers on Sunday Night Football. And the 49ers and Cardinals are the Monday Night game this week. And the Dolphins, Seahawks, Bucks, Jags are on buys this week. I just want to know why no one decided to move the ice bowl. Because <laughs> it was just extremely cold. Hmm. It wasn't. Should have moved Beef it. It's snow. not. It's not. You know, it's a different society back then. Oh, are yeah, a lot exactly. tougher. Rah, rah, rah. This NFL player is a weak player now. <laughs> I guess Eric just wants people to risk their lives to go to a silly football game. You can make a choice not to go. It's not like people are holding guns to people's heads saying you must go to this game. But Buffalo people are crazy. They would go to this then game and risk public safety. Risk. It's at their own risk. Uh, you're wrong on this one, my friend. Uh. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, let's get to uh, let's see here. Let's get to our coaches here. Uh, I need to unleash all of them uh, here. Let's see. We got Coach Radel from the Cumberland Pirates. We got Coach Beerman from the New Neagles, and we got a Coach Reader from the Topless uh, Shoes. I get everybody. I feel like I'm missing someone. Uh, there. Let's see, Newton, T-Town, Cumberland. Nope, we got everybody because I played Coach uh, Farmer in the show. So, all right, let's uh, let's get to those uh, gentlemen uh, right here, right now. Eric Fry joined on the starting lineup by Coach Radel, the Cumberland Pirates, and Coach. Can't believe we're talking basketball already. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. No problem. Hey, and we're here to talk about Cumberland Pirate basketball. Let's start from last year. Finished 15 and 15, according to my records, on the season. Uh, lost in the first round of the playoffs to uh, Casey in a uh, three-point game, 54 to 51. Lost a couple players, but looking at your roster, coach, a lot of senior leadership coming back for this Cumberland Pirate team. Yeah, definitely. Last year we started out with a lot of unknowns, a lot of mm-hmm. kids that hadn't played varsity basketball took us a while to get things going and you know i think our record suffered for it not that you know it was a unsuccessful season but you know i i think there were some games that you know the inexperience cost us and and you mentioned this year a lot of seniors we do we have uh you know five seniors coming back four of them that started last year for us at, at some point and then uh junior blake mcmeekin who played a lot of minutes, especially as the season went on last year, coming back. So, so we do have some experience this year that'll hopefully, you know, help us and 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 let us be a little more successful early in the year. Yeah, and you mentioned that uh, the team kind of started finding its groove the second half of the season. Does that give you confidence? Obviously, entering this season because that uh, core group of players is back this year. Yeah, definitely. I think um, you know, experience is a big thing for us, and. Um, the, the kids have been there. They know what to expect out of varsity basketball. Um, last year, it was all new. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's something that's going to help us out. It, it, it has us excited, ready for the season to start. And, um, you know, 
next week will be here before you know it, and, and we'll find out what we got. Yeah, and one thing Cumberland does have, just again looking at the roster, is height. He got uh, Jackson Bolt, 6'6", Gavin Hendricks, 6'6", uh, Trevor McGee, 6'4", and uh, Zach Harmon I have on my roster as well, 6'5". A lot of height there for the Cumberland Pirates this season. Yeah, we do. We're, we're a big team. Um, I think that that is obviously a strength of ours and I think is going to cause a lot of teams fits. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that it's going to make us, and I thought we were last year, hopefully, you know, continuing to this year, a, a pretty solid team defensively and a team that, that rebounds the ball well. And looking at the Cumberland Pirates schedule here, just up through mid-December, a very tough schedule, obviously starting at home with the uh, Turkey Tournament. I know uh, starting at home is a big key for the Cumberland Pirates and, and having that home tournament. But then after that, on the road, Altamont Casey, tough games, and then hosting Neoga before we head to the St. Elmo Holiday Tournament. A very tough first half of the schedule here, Coach. Yes, our season, you know, pre-Christmas, pre-New Year's, um, is is always tough. Mm-hmm. You know, we start out in our tournament, which I think is is one of the better small school tournaments yep. um, in the area that that brings a lot of teams with with that play different styles of basketball. Mm-hmm. And, and you gotta you know prepare for everything. Um, you're gonna see you know teams that that like to play fast, teams that like to play slow, and then like you said, when you get out of the our tournament and we go right into to some of the tougher area teams and Aldemont, Casey, um, Neoga, you know, that's been, been pretty solid here the last few years. So, so we definitely have a, a, a fairly strong schedule early and, mm-hmm. um, you know, then we go over to, to St. Elmo who just brought in Hillsboro has Windsor Stu Straws back, who was a nice team. And I yep. expect to be, to be solid again this year and then Vandalia. So yeah, there's, there's no, no let up really in our schedule and, it gives us a chance to, to figure out, you know, what we have. And do we, you know, are there times that, that you know, our record suffers because of it? Yes, mm-hmm. because you got to learn. you got to learn fast. But, but I think it's better to get out there and, and make mistakes and then see what we need to work on and, and our schedule provides that. And I like, you know, I, I like the Cumberland Pirates schedule a lot, especially after the, the Turkey Tournament. I would consider three kind of quote-unquote rivalry games with Altamont. Kind of, uh, it's always been penciled in as, as long as I've been doing Cumberland basketball as, you know, that's the first game out of the tournament is always against Altamont. Then you head to Casey, who eliminated you from the playoffs last year and also, you know, uh, such close proximity, and then Neoga is another kind of Cumberland County rivalry. Uh, does that give the team a little extra motivation having these three teams that they know very well to start the season? I think so. I mean, it gives them something to play for, if if you know nothing else, and uh, you know having having friends, mm-hmm. enemies, I guess if you want to call them that, yeah. in, in both communities and, and, and kids, you know, you rivals that you want to uh, succeed against is, is definitely something. You know that that helps motivate the team, and and in Neoga and Casey, you know mm-hmm. they've been playing them growing up since since they started playing basketball. So very familiar, familiar teams, opponents, and and gives that extra motivation. Absolutely, it does. Well, we look forward to Cumberland Pirate basketball uh, starting off the twenty second. It will be in the Turkey Tournament. Cumberland takes on Marshall, and of course, we'll have that game on WCRA. And coach, look forward to another season of Cumberland Pirate basketball this year. Great. We look forward to having you guys. Eric Fry joined by Coach Bierman of the Newton Eagles here on the starting lineup. And, Coach, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thanks very much for joining us, Coach, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. Now, last year's Newton Eagles team made it all the way to the regional finals before they fell to the topless. Now, looking at this year's roster, they have coming in a lot of young players on this team. It's a very young team. Is that right, Coach? 
Uh, yes, it is. Uh, we actually only have one senior coming back, uh, and then we have nine juniors. Uh, so we lost eight seniors to graduation last year. So we're young, inexperienced, uh, but they're hungry. They're working hard. Uh, they, they got lots to prove. You know, Coach, sometimes there's that saying of you don't know what you don't know, and I think that applies perfectly to this Newton Eagles team considering how young they are this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, you know, right now, this first week of practice, we're – we're um, really wanting to play a game to see what we have so we know what we need to really need to work on. Um, you know, sometimes we look really good, but then again, sometimes we don't. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're just ready to, to get out there and, and compete and see what we have, uh, have available, what we're going to need to, uh, you know, really need to tone in at, as the year goes along um, to, to try to be successful. And you talked about how you only have one senior and uh, a, a lot of juniors. Did any of those juniors play significant time last year at the varsity level? Yes, we did have a, a few uh, a few that actually got in there. Um, Parker Wolf, uh, he was starting at the end of the year for us last year, mm-hmm. uh, a junior coming back. And then uh, Caden Nichols, Dylan Deer, two other guys that, that had some minutes at the end uh, helping us out. And then Mark Jansen, their only senior uh, we have out, he was he's getting some minutes in there too. So they're not new to varsity uh, basketball, but they're new to being the role of they got to be the guy that, you know, instead of being a role player, being more of a, a meaningful, impactful player for us. And your schedule isn't very helpful, you know. You, or I guess maybe it is. You get kind of thrown uh, to the wolves. You have the Cumberland Thanksgiving tournament, and then uh, immediately after that, according to the schedule, I got uh, tough matchups in December with Paris, Altamont, North Clay, and St. Anthony. Uh, a very tough schedule here coming out of the gate, starting with that Cumberland Thanksgiving tournament. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, we we looked at that a couple years ago when I first took over, and we thought we're gonna make some changes, and um, you know. We, we just want to be tested every night. Mm-hmm. Our goal is postseason, see what we can do. And, you know, I think last year kind of kind of proved it works. We had a really tough schedule, and we were in, in a lot of games, um, won a lot of close games, lost lost a few close games as well. Um, but, you know, we look at the schedule, thought we could be a 500 team at the end of the year and still be a really good, really scary team uh, just because where our schedule is and all the quality opponents will play from day one, starting with North Clay and the uh, – Thanksgiving tournament. And, you know, you, you mentioned how young you are and how um, some tough opponents here, and you, you talked about last year, you know, hey, we wanted to have the tough opponents to be prepared for a postseason play. Uh, is, it, is it a little different this year having such a young team coming in of, hey, we want to play some tough opponents so we can kind of get that moving forward, uh, that uh, we'll say that basketball maturation process at the varsity level? It'll either go one way or the other. Either mm-hmm. we'll be, um, you know, understand what we need to do from the get-go or hopefully hopefully not the other way be a struggle and just trying to trying to get back to where we need to be i i think uh this group of guys are really um they're really up to the challenge mm-hmm. they're very competitive uh they they want to be successful uh and just hopefully we put them in the right spot to be successful this year all right coach well thank you so much for joining us here on the starting lineup and we'll be sure to check back in at some point uh throughout the season see how things go all right all right thank you very much Travis Sparks hero with uh, Chet Reader from the Topless Boys uh, basketball team. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. And how's it going for you today, Coach? Are the shoes ready to get after this thing? It's going very well. We have uh, we are ready. We're, we're definitely ready to play somebody else. I, I, I'll say that. Right. Yeah. And how's practice been going uh, so far? I know uh, always competitive, I'm sure. But uh, how's been practice been going for you? It's been going great. The guys have been... They've been awesome, you know. They're ultra competitive, you know. High energy, um, you know. We're having some great leadership going on. You know, it's it's been really great. I can't. I'm really proud of of what they've done so far. Um, 
you know, the challenges that they've faced. You know, I like putting them through adversity and, you mm-hmm. know, making things hard on them. And they've really, you know, they've really stepped up and, and hit, hit adversity head on. Right, yeah, and uh, first, before we talk about the the new season, uh, last year was uh, another great year for the shoes. Uh, Twenty six and eight on the season, another super sectional appearance, regional championship. You beat Newton in a rematch with them, uh, sectional championship over Mount Carmel, uh, and then you eventually fell to uh, what would be the eventual state champions in uh, Nashville in uh, Carbondale. So, uh, talk about how uh, special uh, last year's run was for the shoes. Yeah, it was just. It, uh, you, I mean, you said it. It was. It was special. It was a special group. Um, you know, they really started clicking um, about mid-year, and um, you know, we had some. You know, it's we had up some some ups and downs, some injuries that we had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, losing some key, losing a key guy like Caden. Yeah, in the middle of the year. I remember but, that. Uh, you know they. You know they 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 stuck together. You know the, they took a man, next man up mentality and. You know, it was like you said. It was a it was a special group, a special run. Um, you know, really proud of what they did, and uh, you know, those kids made you know they made a huge impact on our program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, also I thought it was uh, one thing that was impressive about uh, last season. Not only was the the varsity team uh, great, but uh, one thing that I wanted to mention to you that I'm sure you're proud of was the topless uh, JV unit uh, ended up going over there to the Vandalia Holiday Tournament and uh, finishing in third place. So you know you see uh, those people in Fayette County probably were like, ah, the JV squad, uh, they're just here to kind of fill out the tournament field. Uh, but no, they were there to. Uh, uh, compete and uh, try to win the thing and their only loss was to making Meridian and we know how talented they were uh, last year so uh, I know you were busy with the uh, topless Christmas classic I, I believe that was going on at the same time uh, there as the Vandalia holiday tournament but what what a special run they had over there in Vandalia yeah it was you know that was a lot of fun you know our kids really enjoyed that challenge and that moment you know Coach Stoller and Coach Prummer and Coach Ungren did a great job of, mm-hmm. of, of leading those young men over there. And uh, yeah, like you said, our only loss was to uh, you know one A super sectional team in yeah. Meridian. Uh, you know it was, and what was cool about it is was you know, and unfortunately, you know, a lot of times we played at the same time over here, um, so our guys really couldn't, our varsity guys couldn't watch them play so, right you know that was always their first question when we got done is you know how how the jv guys do and then you know um we didn't because we didn't perform like we wanted to at our own christmas tournament we got to go over there and watch that third place game and our varsity guys were the biggest cheerleaders for them oh man uh, you know playing that third place game so it was it was really cool to see our guys you know just rooting for each other and uh, rooting for each other's success that was that was pretty awesome yeah very cool to see uh, for sure and uh, well, hopefully those guys from uh, that team uh, jump up to the varsity level uh, here this year and uh, of course uh, you got Caleb Seamer uh, coming back the big man in the middle there and mm-hmm. a couple of the Niebergy kids as well but you lost uh, seven seniors to graduation so it's a pretty large uh, senior class but I know uh, the shoes program uh, there always brings in a large mm-hmm. uh, class group but uh, you know seven seniors uh, lost from from last year but you know you, you bring back uh, a few guys from last year's squad yeah you know that's those seven senior guys were 
you know, they were great teammates, great players, great people. You know, it's you know, even the guys that didn't really play, you know, they were great practice players. Mm-hmm. Um, they bought into you know team success over individual success. You know, that's and that that's one thing we've been talking about with this group. You know, you're you're gonna have you got seven new guys coming into that varsity locker room now. So, right. You know, one of our challenges, and it's a, it's a challenge for every team, um, is learning how to. You know, we're a new team. Mm-hmm. You know, we. You know, last year's success was last year. Now, yep. what's what's going to work for this group? You got seven new guys coming in that locker room. How are you going to mesh with them? You got to you got to figure out what makes them click. And figure out how to how to deal with different personalities and mm-hmm. you know uh, build relationship with new guys. You know it's it's always a challenge. Um, you know it's something that we we talk about a lot and we we stress um, because great relationships off the floor tend to tend to turn in great to great relationships on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's you know that's that's one of our challenges. And like I said, that's a challenge for really every team across across the nation. But you right. know just finding finding out how what what clicks for each group um and and how do you make this team special uh, yeah for sure a new year a new challenges and also uh challenging would be the word to describe the the schedule uh, again i know it was an independent schedule tough just how you like it uh starting off with the uh, turkey tournament there in uh, saint anthony and your know, first game is against uh rand tool the uh, highland mattoon and figure out what what from there on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you got the Christmas Classic, which I know is always uh, loaded. And I also noticed on the schedule a lot of tough road games uh, as well. And, uh, you know, you got Casey Robinson later on in the year, St. Anthony later on in the back mm-hmm. half of the schedule uh, as well. So uh, another uh, tough independent schedule this year. Yeah, we we got to go up to Prey Central on a Saturday, who's one of the top ten teams in 2A this year. Mm. Um, we got, uh, we got, we play East Peoria up at the Eureka College shootout. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a division one prospect. Um, oh, wow. You know, we're, we're going to the Pinkneyville shootout. We don't know who we're playing out there yet, but I'm right. sure it'll be a challenging team. Uh, and we play Centralia at our shootout. So, uh, you know, it's, it's the schedule that we like. It's the schedule that our kids want, you know, they want to be challenged, um, you know, and I—I've I, always loved that about our guys. In the five years that I've been here, is that our guys don't ever back down from a challenge. Um, they want to play really good teams, mm-hmm. um, and you know, we like doing that to them because by the time postseason rolls around, there shouldn't be a situation that we haven't been in already. Right. Um, you know, there's nothing that a team can do to us that we shouldn't that we haven't already seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the hope. That's the goal. Of you know playing a challenging schedule, right? Yeah, and uh, speaking of uh, goals, I know uh, no conference title to uh, shoot for, uh, of course. Uh, but what are some of the the goals that you're working on uh, this mm-hmm. season? I know uh, also another one is make it as far as possible in postseason and be playing better at that mm-hmm. time of year. But uh, what are uh, some of the the goals or maybe the themes for for this year's wooden shoes squad? You know, we're just. Our guys want to be the hardest working, toughest team on the floor, night in and night out. That's what they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're still trying to find our identity on the defensive end. Um, you know, but uh, you know, we just we want to. Uh, we we don't have, you know, February goals right now. Right. We, we we've got November goals and uh, trying to be 
building towards what does it take every day to be, you know, a very successful team, and that's what they're trying to figure out. Um, right now, my goal is for our guys to is to mesh with each other to figure out um, how to how to make this group its own group mm-hmm. um, instead of worrying about you know what other people might think that we should be. Um, you know, it's it, we got some great kids, um, some great basketball IQs. Um, we just got to figure out how to play play better as a group right now. Um, and they're getting there. They've had some great, great practices. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see what kind of product we put out on the floor on Monday. I'm really proud of them. Um, they've, they've put in a lot of time starting in June. Um, and I'm really, I'm really looking forward to them to start re- reaping the benefits of all that hard work that they've put in. He's definitely uh, looking forward to uh, another uh, year, a great year uh, as always. And uh, Coach, we'll we'll let you go. And I know Monday can't come uh, soon enough. And uh, we'll uh, let you go and wish you good luck for for the season. Hopefully I can catch a couple of games uh, there at the the Turkey Tournament. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you down the road, okay? I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, we appreciate all of those uh, gentlemen uh, for uh, joining uh, the uh, program. A lot of those uh, teams getting underway on Monday. All right, uh, so uh, let's uh, get to it, and uh, let's get to uh, – we only have one game in high school football, but let's go ahead and uh, let's get to uh, pick em for this week. <laughs> High school pick'em with one game. Still calling it high school pick'em. High school sure. pick it. Pick a game, and of course, uh, the only one uh, that we have a left area-ish team is the Cater St. Teresa in action uh, this week. So let's get it underway. Let's do it. Alrighty, let's go. Travis, you're in the lead. You go first. Who are they facing? St. T take on Johnson City. Okay. I am uh, taking uh, St. Teresa here, obviously. Okay. How many points are they going to score, though? That is the question. Let me go uh, St. Teresa 48 to 13. 48 13. All right. I will go St. T, and I will go 1 nothing. Smart. Smart play there. I think 48 is a bit in this round. I could see Sainty doing yeah. it, but... It is, no doubt. Yeah. All right, we have three other games to pick. That's it this weekend. So we'll start with the game on Saturday. Illinois at Michigan. Michigan, minus 17.5. Travis, who you got? I already said it. Illinois covers the spread here. We're going to win it outright, but we're going to win it for Mrs. B. Illinois. I'll say Illinois as well. I don't think they're going to win, but 17 and a half is a lot of points. It's a lot of points. Now, this Illinois team has not been playing well on the defensive side the past game. Offensive Mm -hmm. side the game before that. Can they put it all together? And keep it within 17 and a half? I think they can. 
Mm-hmm. I still like Michigan in the game, but I'll, right. I'll go Illinois with the points. Mm-hmm. Sunday on a game you can hear on WCRA, Eagles at Colts. Eagles minus seven. Travis, who you got? Sorry, Jeff Saturday. I have to go with Philly here. Yeah. I uh, Last weekend was cool with Jeff Saturday getting the win, but now you're facing an Eagles team that I think is uh, very upset. Uh, at losing Should do. and are going to take out all of their aggression on this Colts team that I, I think got the benefit of playing a really weak team last week. Yeah, somehow, some way, they found a way to win against uh, Vegas. Well, so, it's Vegas. I don't know. All right, and our final game, Bears at Falcons. Falcons minus three. Travis, who you got? I got the uh, – Bears here. Bears minus or plus three. Bears plus three. Man, I really don't want us to all be the same all weekend, but I think that's the right call. I don't think this Falcons defense can stop what Justin Fields has been doing. Mm-hmm. Defensively, they're not strong enough. I don't think so. I'll go foul. I'll go Bears plus three. Mm-hmm. I think that's the right way to go there. I ain't gaining nothing this weekend. <laughs> you could get a point there with the Saint T, but that's, that's about it. that's about it. So but that also means I can't lose any. True. Yep. That is uh, all about perspective. How you look at it. That's right. <laughs> all right. So uh, that uh, does it here. For our pick'em game for this week, a little short version of it, obviously with only uh, one high school game yeah. uh, going on. You're gonna have that uh, for our pick'em here, so that does it. That does it for that. Yep. That is that. All right. So, is there anything I really need to get to? Is there anything in college basketball going on uh, this weekend besides uh, Illinois and that stuff in the main event? Uh, Indiana and Xavier uh, tonight, uh, 5 o'clock, I guess. That's tonight. Um, no real other intriguing matchups out there. What about on Saturday? Nope. Sunday? I'm on North Carolina back in action. I guess on nobody. Oh, that's a good one. Look at all these games that Gonzaga's scheduling here. They're against number four, Kentucky. I hope they lose. <sighs> this one is in uh, Gonzaga. It's in uh, Spokane, so maybe they have a chance uh, here and uh, see if Michigan can pull it out against Iowa, or Ohio. Not Ohio State, but Ohio. The Bobcats bounce back after that L that they took with Arizona State. Not so much. Went in by 20 points there. Hunter Dickerson, you end up losing by whatever it was, 20 points, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So. Try to bounce back there, and of course, uh, Illinois and uh, Virginia or Baylor will be matching up on Sunday as well. So we'll uh, be watching out for that. We'll be watching out. We'll be uh, tuning in on the Illini Network over on 98.9. So uh, let's see. Uh, is there anything else that we need to get to here? Anything else that you got over there? Hold on. I'm I'm doing some looking. Don't don't cut me off yet. Hold on. I'm waiting for my phone to load. It's all that. Uh, Hours before the World Cup is set to begin, uh, Qatar, 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 Qatar. Yeah, I've heard I, people call it Qatar. Oh, really? Yeah. They've banned alcohol sales 
in the World Cup stadiums. Now, I saw that they went back on that. They went back on it already? I don't know. Because I I read first they banned it, and then I saw a headline saying that they backed out and changed their mind. So, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Are you going to Qatar? <laughs> okay, so it doesn't matter to any of us, but... I know, but this is a disaster over there. This is stupid that we're having, we're even having it there. That we have all these restrictions, and then uh, we're banning alcohol. Budweiser is one of the big sponsors who spends a ton of money, and now you can't even drink beer in the stadiums because this country sucks. Yes, and so many rules and regulations. Yeah, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I again, I don't know why. This was picked as the place to have it, but highest bidder. What? The highest bidder. Uh, I guess. So let me see here. Here's here's what I'm looking up, Travis, because I'm still stuck on this whole Buffalo thing. Because it still is is bugging me. So the snow is going to all end Saturday. Okay. Put a tarp on the field. <laughs> yeah, have you seen pictures of it currently right now? Tarp ain't going to do anything, and it's going to be – no, it's just not possible. Tarp ain't going to do nothing. Here's here's the thing why I'm upset about it is, yes, I understand the public safety point of view of it, and I get that. I truly do. But if we go through history, we've had games that have influenced rule changes. Played in the snow. Yeah, but it wasn't this much snow, though. Yes, look at that. That is what it currently looks like right now. This is what the stadium looks like, all the uh, stands. That is currently what the field looks like. Like It's one thing about snow, but it this is dangerous levels of a snow. This is feet of snow. This is not then, inches. Then let's get uh, the Bills out of Buffalo. All right, yeah, let's just move them to let's Toronto them there. Then. Let's move yeah. them to there and put let's them in the Sky Dome. Let's move them somewhere let's put them in a dome. Yep. Let's just put everywhere in the Sky Dome. Let's just put everyone, everyone in dome stadiums. Again, I understand it's an absurd amount of snow that we probably haven't seen any time within our history. I get it. But you have a team there. It's part of the risk of having a team there. Yeah, and these events like this don't come around that often. And so this is what the parking lot currently looks like. People would be out there tailgating in this because they're from Buffalo. I just see that there are a lot of Browns fans who's Buffalo's playing. Mm-hmm. who say that this is a disadvantage to their team. Why? Because they're a run-first team, Travis, and you run better in the snow than you do passing the ball. And we can't say that Buffalo is not a passing team. That's what they are. Yeah. The Browns are definitely a much better run team than they are a throwing team right now. Yeah. I mean, the Browns don't have very much of an opportunity to win anyways. They stink. They're just waiting for their uh, quarterback to get back, their criminal quarterback. Again, I understand it from a public safety point of view. I get that. But to me, it's part of the risk of having a team in Buffalo. 
I'd say the same thing if the game was in Chicago and the Bears were moving to Detroit because there was too much snow in Chicago. That would be a little bit closer. At least that wouldn't be that bad. At least Chicago is closer to Detroit than Buffalo is. Yeah, so. yeah. But, but then again, I don't know. Detroit may not be that far away from – it's not like cross country or anything. Now here's my question because I mentioned it earlier. Are the Bills going to go back? No, I would imagine you'd stay there. See, I think that's a disadvantage to the team. That's what has to happen. I guess, but again, it's part of playing in Buffalo. It's part of having a team in Buffalo. Unforeseen circumstance. I mean, even if this was a dome stadium, I think they would still uh, not play it, play it there due to the the safety concerns in the parking lot and the it's roads unprecedented. Around. We can say that. Yeah, it, it is unprecedented. We haven't seen a snow event like this. We've seen games moved because of hurricanes. Mm-hmm. We've seen. You know, stuff like that. But I don't think we've had a game moved due to snow because of this. Yeah. Doesn't happen too often. It doesn't. And and I, I, I'm not saying that they made the wrong call. I'm not. Because they keep saying it's for public safety. Mm-hmm. If they were saying, hey, you know what? The stadium is under snow. We can't get the fans in here. We can't get the players here. You know, they're going to be, you know, the the field is not like the, the game up in uh, northern part of the, the state that had to move their game because of um, poor field conditions. If they were saying, hey, field conditions in Buffalo are not going to be ideal for this game, we're going to move it. I'd have a bigger problem. Yeah. Because you can't. I'm sorry. It's football. You play in December. What are you expecting? It's going to snow in half the country. Yeah, but again, but because they're making the argument about it being because of public safety, I will lessen a little bit. Yeah, but I will say this, that now that this has happened, there needs to be a contingency plan thought of for all teams that play in snow areas in case this happens. Like I said, a Chicago, a Detroit, a Cleveland, all of those places now need to think of this that are kind of in those cold weather by the river, by a lake that has the lake effect snow that could cause this to happen. Because yeah. now you've set the precedent. Yeah, and I mean, I think that the contingency plan was all along. I mean, I heard rumblings and rumors that I was going to move to Detroit if uh, the snow kept going, and it kept coming like it was supposed to, that this was going to be there. So it's not like they just sprung it on them or whatnot. They did have a backup plan. So I, I just, again, I this is going to sound awful. I want it to happen in a place like Detroit because it's a dome stadium. So Mm -hmm. tell me, again, that you are not having a football game due to public safety because there's too much snow. And if the NFL does that, then I'm fine with it. But I want them to accept the criticism of people saying, but it's a dome stadium. What do Mm -hmm. you mean you're moving the game? Because don't forget, those stadiums aren't making money. That is a game that they have lost making money on. So uh, back in uh, 2014, uh, uh, the Jets and Bills game was uh, moved to, to Detroit due to uh, a, a snowstorm that hit uh, Buffalo area. Okay. So that was the last time that they so it has moved happened the game before. due to snow. Yeah. Okay. Then is that a, a list of multiple times that's happened, Travis? Right. Yeah. How many of them are Buffalo? <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, there's only like three games okay. here. So I was going to say, if this has happened multiple times in Buffalo, then you need to make changes. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I love that there's Buffalo and football in the winter and, 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 and snow games. But maybe you look at making a change. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, this list also includes the time that the Vikings and the Giants game had to be uh, moved due to the uh, collapsing roof mm-hmm. uh, there due to a large amount of snow on the Metrodome uh, roof and uh, the hurricanes for the Saints, yeah. you know, with yeah. uh, Katrina and then uh, last year uh, as well with the Packers and Saints being moved to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only other times that are on the list. Uh, uh, really, in the wildfires back yes. in 2003 with yes. the Chargers and Dolphins moved to a Tempe due to wildfires out in Southern California. But so. again, think of it from the stadium point of view. Oh, yeah. This was probably a game that was sold out because, again, at the beginning of the season, you probably thought this would be a, a decent matchup. Mm-hmm. They're having to issue refunds for all of those games, all those tickets. Yeah. Right. So that is a weekend that the Buffalo Stadium is losing 100% of their money on. Yeah. Yeah. It just stinks for them is what I'm saying. For sure. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm done talking about it. (laughs) I'm not going to convince you, so. (laughs) No, you're not. Nothing that you can say is going to convince me that this wasn't the... (laughs) This wasn't. This was the right decision uh, to make. So, uh, we are going to uh, get out of here now, as uh, that will uh, do it here for us. We'll be back on Monday to uh, recap it all, recap everything that happens with uh, the Illini this weekend. We'll get the top three moments from the uh, sports weekend, and we'll see what happens with the Bears game. We'll see what happens with that Bills game, and uh, so uh, much more this weekend. So. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, downloading. We'll be back on a Monday. We'll talk to you then.